Blessings, everyone. How are you doing today? I'll tell you, this is the day that the Lord has made. I am rejoicing and I am glad in it. I am truly excited about today's segment. Uh, Today, we're going to be discussing the topic of domestic violence. So get ready. This segment is going to bless. I believe it's going to heal. It's going to bring awareness. And most importantly, it's going to heal and bring deliverance to someone somewhere. Hallelujah. Uh, Greetings to you, woman of God. How are you doing today? I'm doing great in yourself. Awesome. I am doing well. Thank you for asking. I just want to say a humble thank you for joining the Keeping It Transparent podcast segment. We greatly appreciate you. I tell you, it's truly a privilege and an honor to have you as our special guest. All right, listeners, again, today we're going to be discussing the topic of domestic violence. Our special guest, uh, woman of God, Nini, she's going to be sharing her testimony about overcoming domestic violence as a survivor. I tell you, she is truly a woman of courage and strength. This woman uh, of God and I, we connected a few years back, actually carrying out an assignment together, whereas we were sharing our testimonies about being survivors of domestic uh, violence. So without prolonging the time, I want to introduce to some and present to other my friend, my sister in Christ, Nene. Uh, the floor is yours, woman of God. Go ahead. All right. Thank you, woman of God. I just want to say thank you for giving me an opportunity to be on this deathbed. Amen. And, okay. Well, I am Nene. Everyone knows me as Nene. I went through domestic violence twice in my life at the ages of 18 through 21. Um, so I'll go with the first encounter. The first encounter, I was... um when I met the guy I was dating and um, he was Islamic and we met and everything was like love at first sight, everything went well from the beginning I'll say maybe like six months into the relationship that's when the signs started at first it was just really more of like controlling, it wasn't physical yet, it was more controlling wanting me not to work so he could control my finances when I was working on thing he wanted me to do was go to college at that time so then we'll um go ahead once I got married to him that's when the physical abuse started mm-hmm. so we became Islamically married but not legally married through the state of Georgia so it was basically like I had a marriage certificate through a Muslim marriage rather okay and the uh, first incident um we were downtown Atlanta underground working underground in Atlanta and we was in the food court and all of a sudden out the police just slapped me so it was just oh it was looking God. like you know wow, wow. Like, did right. you just really do that you know so you know of course I was frazzled didn't really um know what to do so I just you know went back home and we worked it out of course but then like just over the um months and stuff of our marriage it was either going from like would be good days and then mm-hmm. certain days he would come home get drunk and just literally lash out on me for no reason at all um one particular fight I know when I had to call my father to come and get me we were living in a duplex and he um said he was leaving home and he got upset with me because I'm I didn't want to have sex with him because, of course, we had argued, so I didn't want to have sex. God is married or not, you know, um, with anyone that was, you know, just 
at that time verbally mm-hmm. verbally abusive. Mm-hmm. right and um so I thought he had left to go out with his friends but in actuality he was still there so I was on the phone with my cousin so when he came in and this was like 99 so of course there wasn't no cell phone it was a house phone on the phone with I was like I'm on the phone with my cousin so he took the phone away from me and you know got the phone and was like who is this because he didn't believe I was on the phone with my cousin so next thing I know mm-hmm. the phone goes outside my head oh uh, goes over my face and I remember just screaming just for anybody because like I said we lived in a duplex so I didn't care who heard me and then he mm-hmm. had like a lighter and sneaking the lighter like towards my face and my hair and I was just moving my head side to side and just screaming and then the pillow went back over me again and then I just remember like blanking, you know blanking out for and just kind of praying like okay Lord just get me out of this and so once he finally finished I was so out of it I didn't even call the police I just called my dad mm-hmm. so I was like you need to come and get me so my dad came and got me and um while I was waiting for my dad to Went in the bathroom, of course. I was like, Am I bleeding? Am I do I have a black guy? You know, mm-hmm. what was the damage right. this time? And uh, when I looked and turned my face, I had like a on the side of my cheek. So I was like, Oh, Lord, let me put something on my face because I know how my dad is. He did, you know, right. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> yes. terrible. <laughs> oh, my dad <laughs> yes, dad's don't play. Yeah. And my dad came. I went through it too. Yes, when ma'am. I, when I went through. So, you know, once I got over him, we got, you know, like, look, divorce or whatever. And, you know, he was still at the, well, I left, like I said, well, I went with this and I ended up going back. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. You can leave and then you'll go back because you're thinking you're changed. The physical abuse stopped, but it was still the verbal. And so, mm-hmm. like, once I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, I ended up leaving again. Sam was one of my best friends to, you know, get myself together, got a job and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I didn't date for a while. I was just, link, you know, I called it mingling or whatever. And that's what? serious. So then I, <laughs> I met the next guy. The next guy, he 
already knew what I had been through because ironically he used to work with my ex-sister so of course if they were co-workers his sister used to tell him like oh my brother this but we didn't like realize until you know of course we met and we started talking so by him already knowing what I went through I wouldn't expect him to abuse me right. so you know of course like I said the beginning is always pretty and yes. beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yes and it's yes. like out the blue something will snap or, or happen mm-hmm. and so with this particular relationship he was five years older than me to me he was more insecure mm-hmm. so he had a lot of insecure ways to where like if I hung out with my friends I would have to like let cause around that time the cell phones had really kind of just came out like mm-hmm. big Like, they kind of knew what I was kind of going through with the 
second relationship, but not quite like the first one. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of looked at me without me saying too much. And he was like, you can do bad by yourself. And I just kind of really like listened to it. And so maybe like that following week I got home, I was like, you know what, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm trying, I'm trying to find some jobs. Like, you don't even balance. You gotta go. You gotta go. Your time is <laughs> you up. Go. <laughs> right. Your, your time is up. Yes. And, you know, he left, and like, each one of them, because at the time I was young, like, I'm mm-hmm. like 18 through 21, and each time, you know, we were trying to have kids with each one of them. Mm-hmm. I was either trying to get pregnant or trying to have a baby, because, like, all my friends, you know, at that time, we either had babies or working. Mm-hmm. So that, that was like a more thing. Mm-hmm. My friend getting killed, even though I'm here, my voice needs to be heard. 
Amen. You know, and that's when I really, I mean, like my close friends or people, you know, like real close to me, they knew what was going on. But like, I never had spoke out publicly right. about it. And then once I really started speaking out publicly about it, even like since Facebook, I put a post and somebody that used to work with me around the time that they knew the last person I dated, it was like, wow, I didn't even know you went through that because mm-hmm. I had a way of hiding it when I went to work. They couldn't tell that I was being abused because I'm a people person, so I always make people laugh. So nobody can really tell. Right, that see your pain. I can definitely relate to that. Um, you mentioned something. Um, you touched a lot of points. I have a book uh, coming out soon. Uh, just, you know, um, it's basically me sharing my testimony as a survivor of domestic violence. Now, um, you mentioned uh, different categories of abuse that you did experience. Um, I call it the sevenfold domestic violence offenses. All right. And um, of course, you have the physical abuse, the verbal abuse the emotional abuse, the mental abuse, the financial abuse, the sexual abuse, and the spiritual abuse. Now, that spiritual abuse, that's that's really deep because, as you stated with your first relationship, it was Islamic, but you grew up Christian. And I, I went through something with my abuser, whereas um, I was always talked down on for loving God, for wanting to pray, for reading the Bible. You know, so that's another category of, you know, domestic violence that really don't get spotlighted as often as the physical abuse does. But it's all abuse. Right. It's all abuse. And also you mentioned, um, you said uh, about your aunt and a close friend being deceased. Now, I always say I thank God for bringing me out because, believe it or not, domestic violence, being in that relationship, that's a deadly reality. Not everyone makes it out alive. You know, I believe that warning comes before destruction. You know, and God is raising up women of God such as ourselves to be a voice. You know, because even when I was going through it, um, you know, it's like you said, you you wear this mask. You have this facade on. You know, you want to, I think for me, it was a way of escape to make others happy. So that I would not have to dwell on what was going on on the inside of me. But back to you, you stated, I mentioned something in my book about the root reasons why I stayed in my domestic violence relationship as long as I did. Um, You mentioned um, rebellion was the reason why you ended up in your relationships. Do you believe that was the root reason why um, you were involved in uh, your domestic violence relationships? Yes, I do that was one of the reasons that I was involved in the first one. And it was like nothing that I could go back home. You know, mm-hmm. it was more of, like I, when I met him, I had just graduated from high school and I was going to um, Georgia State. So I had stayed with my sister. So of course, like I said, when we met, we kind of fell, you know, in love. And then we ended up moving together mm-hmm. like shortly after that, just living. And I was still, I was going to Georgia State and I was working at Snowbound Park at the time. Okay. And it was like, um, 
he didn't want me to work, but he had two jobs. Like, for it's like a provider, wonderful provider. Even that, like, I, I even told him this. Like, if you would have kept your hands to yourself, we could have made it. Because, I, I mean, like, for us controlling money, mm-hmm. I didn't have to, like, ask him for money because he took care of me. Now, I'm not going to sit him sit here and flinch in front. Like, like I said, you had you good and you bad, and that was right. good. Mm-hmm. Pardon him. He made sure I didn't have to want for anything, even if he did something and asked. I didn't have to want for anything, and I think that's why I kind of stayed. Mm-hmm. Because it's more of like, oh, I'm gonna work. You know, that's 18. I ain't gotta work no more. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so he paying all the bills. He had two jobs. Right. You know, all they had to do is, at that time, because I'm young, all they had to do is come home, go to school. Sometimes, you know, for me, the root reasons uh, that I stayed with my my son's father is because I was rejected by my mom and abandoned by my dad. Um, Plus, I thought I was in love. And I went through, you stated that your parents forewarned you that he wasn't the one. Um, I went through that too, but I was, it was so made up in my mind, like, 
this this is the one for me. We're going to grow older. We're going to get married. We're going to have a family. That's going to be it. To death do us part. It did not happen like that. And let me tell you how good God is. When you are living in his permissive will versus his perfect will, let me tell you something. There's danger in the permissive will, meaning he gives you what you want. And there's safety in his perfect will, which is him uh, executing his thoughts that he thinks towards you in your life. You know, um, I I went out with my godmother at a restaurant. We went out to eat. I had taken her out to eat. And um, a prophet from her church, he did not know we were together. Um, he stopped me in the middle of, I think we were at Golden Corral. And he was saying like how God had healed me because I had just experienced like traumatic pain from previous relationships. And um, he was like, uh, God is going to use your voice to help many women and young girls. And he went on to say, he said, the Lord said you thought you were in love and you thought that that guy was the one he had for you. But had you listened to your mom, you would have never experienced all that you have dealing with this guy. Don't you know I am still going through hell to this day? Let me tell you something. Young ladies, focus on your relationship with God. Develop that, you know, uh, long for it to become intimate, deeper. Because let me tell you something. God will guide you. He will lead you. He will give you signs, whether it comes through people, dreams, him speaking to your heart, your spiritual heart. Let me tell you, you will know. He will not have you to be deceived, okay? He will not have you ignorant of Satan devices. Yearn his love because everyone has a void, you know, that they try to fill, whether it's with relationships, sex, drugs, partying, whatever. But that void can only be filled by love himself. And he is God himself. Hallelujah. God is love. And I always say that love is not abuse love does not abuse love does not hurt if you look in in, in up in the bible in first corinthians it talks about what love is how love is kind how it's patient how how love bears all things how ba- uh, love doesn't give up it doesn't say love slaps you love you know rapes you love abuse you financially it does not say any of those things The word of God also says that God is love. So if anyone is not loving you according to the principles or the outline or blueprint that God set for them to love you, you know, with his word, get out the relationship. Get out the relationship. Because had I listened, I pray that God touch, you know, especially the young girls. Um, you know, because, you know, you know, you know, you have the attitude. I can't wait till I get grown so I can do what I want to do. No, this is a real world, baby. I tell my nieces, I said, listen, stay a child while you are a child because this world was, let me tell you, it will swallow you up, chew you up and spit you out and you will be unrecognizable. So even with that, you know, um, just, you know, that's the foundation, love. Everyone wants love because we were created by love, you know, as love to love and desire love. But don't get caught up in looking for uh, love in the wrong people, the wrong places, the wrong things, because they're going to equate to not to nothing. So let me ask you, woman of God. Um, 
So you stated that you reached a breaking point where you said that you were done. What really just pushed you to know, like, this is not what God has for me. He has something greater. I deserve to be loved. I know that I am valuable. At what point did that light bulb come on in your head? Um, With the first relationship, I would say, like I said, um, it was to the point where when I really just said, you know what, this is it. Like that last of of, of life, I looked in the mirror and I felt like Tina Turner, I was a little captain, and because that movie, you know, was out, it was popular at the time, so it was more like, you know what, this not it, this this not what I want to endure. I know that's right. The second one, like I said, it would be when my father spoke those words to me in the car. And like I said, I'm, I'm a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. So, and um, he was saying, I, I had like really, he was just share like, at that particular instant, mm-hmm. like they knew about the last fight or whatever, but I hadn't shared like nothing else after that. But I think sometimes your parents have their intuition when they know yes. something is going on. Mm-hmm. And when my dad said, you know, you can do bad all by yourself. And my when God. he told me that, I just really got to thinking like, okay. At that time, I think I was maybe like 21, you know, like mm-hmm. around that. And I'm, I'm young. I don't have any kids. Like I said, at that time, I wasn't driving, but I am working. I have my own apartment. So, you know what? I can do all that by myself. And then, like I said, he had stopped working. He wasn't working. Yes. And then, um, because like I said, he, he did work, and then now you're not working, so you're just at at home coming up with stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. So why why do I need to be going to work and you at the house? You know, right. Like, Absolutely. That's not it. So I think that was my when the light bulb came on, and then like I said, as after that last relationship, I pray and I ask God, Amen. I ask God, whatever it is that's in me, because it, it got to be something in me that keeps That's right. Amen. 
won't he do it? Where now is 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 more of like when stuff go on. I'm I'm the friend of the sister, you know. However, people perceive me as auntie, whoever, you know, they'll call me and say, you know what, honey, child, I need you to pray. Like I like they pray, but they be like, honey, when you pray, it's like God listen to you. Come on here. Come on. The stuff happens, so I never condemnation in Christ period you know um it's so amazing that you're speaking about that um you know in our closing um I had went through a situation in ministry I tell you I have really gone through some stuff and some things happened to me under the leadership of uh, uh a particular person persons people and um I had to go and just cry out I had to just lament before the lamb I had to really just come out of myself and just be vulnerable just open up and be honest like you said you know lord i admit i did this and if i did you know forgive me i had to repent of some things that i partook in deceivingly you know and i did not know and let me tell you um i was listening to a song and when i tell you the holy spirit just told me he said your innocence is restored in my presence Mm. I can speak wow. in tongues right there. My, He said, yeah. your innocence has been restored in my presence. God knows everything. 
He knows the way that we should take. He knows what we go through. So there is no condemnation. The only thing that we have to do is repent. Ask for forgiveness and move from that place. Forget the former things. And um, also dealing with my uh, relationship when I was in it, I had to repent because I wasn't in church. I was born and raised up in church um, in the word of God. But uh, as I got like, we left the church around, I, I think I was like 15, 16. I didn't get back into church until I was like 19. So during this time is when I met my son's father and we were involved in a relationship and I was going through the domestic violence. I wasn't reading my word as much I would, but not like how I eat it today, but I would read the word and um, he would hide my Bibles. He would say, don't read that or whatever. But I had to repent for putting my relationship before God, if that makes sense to you. I had to repent, yeah, for asking God to change him to, to you know, um, to mold him into the man that I desired for him to be and not for desiring to be molded as a woman of God, he, you know, he ordained for me to be. My God, I had to repent because a lot of times we, we, we're not aware of God is a jealous God and anything or anybody that comes before him, let me tell you something, he'll blow on it, baby. <laughs> the house will fall. <laughs> he will. It will definitely fall. But I love God. I thank God for your deliverance. I thank God, you know, for bringing you out, for raising you up as such a powerful, you know, end time prophetic voice to, you know, just younger women and women in general. I thank God for your testimony. I just want to thank you for gracing us with your presence here on keeping it transparent. I look forward to having you as a future guest or even co-host. And we may have to do a second part because I like uh, what you said about is there something in me that attracts these these kinds of men. So we may have to do a part two on that because that right there is very, very deep. Um, And it it goes back to root reasons, but we'll talk about that. Um, Do you have any special projects you're uh, working on right now that you can share with the listeners? Uh, Right now, I just do speaking um, engagements as I can. Um, my, I do t-shirts, Beauty for Ashes. Um, you can do my email at inc at yahoo.com. That's m-e-n-dot-i-n-c at yahoo.com. My Instagram is nini9779. And my Facebook is nini walker, and that's nini with two feet. And basically, I'm just accessible either way. I'm also an early childhood educator, so if you have questions, Awesome, awesome. You guys, you heard it first here. In our closing, uh, Nene, what advice do you have for any teenager, woman, or wife that's involved in a domestic violence relationship? What words of wisdom can you sow into their hearing today? My word of wisdom is always never give up on God. Just always seek God regardless of how the situation looks. And just to love yourself more. Look in the mirror and say, what's my worth? 
Amen. Amen. All right, you guys. Well, we love you. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you connect with Nene on all social media outlets as well as her email. Also, be sure to follow her for any information regarding future projects that she may have uh, released here. I am your host, Lady Rose B. Until the next Keeping It Transparent segment, I want you to stay blessed. Know that we are praying for and interceding for every victim as well as survivor of domestic violence. Remember, if you haven't been through anything, you cannot help anyone. Let's converse soon. God bless.